0: Now, in recent months, Taiwan has witnessed a significant increase in Chinese military drills and incursions into its airspace. This has caused the island state to issue stern warnings and calls for China to cease what Taiwan is saying is destructive action. The Taiwanese government argues that these actions pose a direct threat to regional stability. Let's head now live to New York. We're joined for more by China Insiders David Zhang. David, great to see you. Talk to us about the specific military activities that China has been conducting near Taiwan over the recent weekend.
1: Uh, It's really twofold. One is to desensitize everyone around the flyovers and the constant military drills. And by the way, this flyover is a unprecedented number of uh, fighter jets and other type of planes, 103 in total. And this comes just as days ago when China uh, had a naval drill, also massive in size, around the Taiwan Strait, so they're clearly in preparation and exercise for the Taiwan invasion, as well as there's another layer to this, which is grabbing the political attention uh, ahead of the Wang Yi meeting with Jake Sullivan in Malta uh, just a day ago. But you see this is now a clear trend for ta- uh, for China to move towards getting ready for a potential military invasion in Taiwan, and they're subsequently exercising these movements in the flyovers.
0: Yeah. We have a situation now, David, where Wang Yi, uh, the foreign minister, is currently visiting with his uh, counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, in Moscow. We've seen over the weekend that the uh, president of Russia meeting with the uh, supreme leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, Vladivostok as well. Then we're seeing the United States in a scurry meeting with Chinese leaders in recent months, including uh, even business leaders as well. Do you think this is the precursor, all of this activity, all of these meetings, all of these signs to the to to i guess the west from the east and the east from the west um that there are these partnerships forming where's it all going
1: I've long said that this is, we're stepping into a new Cold War, and this is a clear sign that both sides are trying to keep the engagement with their own partners and allies maximum, and to keep the engagement with the other side minimum. And so over the last year or so, we, we've seen that not many dialogues has been engaged between the United States and China, but many more engaged with Russia, with North Korea, uh, with Iran, with the partners. And so this is just going to be the trend going forward, where you're gonna have the Russian, uh president, you have the North Korean leader, and you have the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, Uh, they're going to be in a much tighter, uh, closer cooperation with each other, just as how the United States and European allies and those in the uh, the Asia Pacific getting together and working things out. So I think both sides are setting up their own version of the global order and seeing uh, how the competition will lay out from there.
0: Very much so. Obviously, we're learning a lot every time China puts those planes uh, within close proximity of Taiwan into that incursion zone as well. Are we surprised by the fact that this is the record number of planes, uh, Chinese aircraft to be inside that exclusion zone of Taiwan?
1: Yeah, we shouldn't be surprised, but we should be alert. This is China's salami slicing which is to increase uh, the threshold at which we are desensitized to the threat. Uh, so that means they're going to be sending more numbers of planes, and they're going to be increasing that number. And then at the same time, our reaction to it has decreased. And then, so in turn, at one point, or at a certain point in the near future, they could be launching a full-scale invasion with the the airplanes and, and as well as the Navy, but we wouldn't react in time because we've been trained or conditioned to see these as so-called exercises. And uh, that's a really dangerous thing. So there is a a definite level of threat here that we need to be prepared for.
0: And talk to us about the diplomatic efforts that Taiwan's been making, trying to resolve the situation peacefully. Does China have any interest in this?
1: I don't think so. That's the issue here, Aaron. It's that we're working on the uh, the aggressor schedule here. We cannot make the first step as people defending Taiwan or as people wanting to defend Taiwan. And so- we're really working on Xi Jinping's uh, schedule. And so that's really putting everyone in, in the back foot because we're now always reacting to things. And so what Taiwan can offer are these diplomatic messages and nothing else. You know, They're not going to attack the mainland first. And that's really the scary part.
0: Yeah, very much so. And what about Taiwan citizens and officials? How are they reacting to the increased military presence? I'd imagine it'd be a pretty scary time for a lot of people.
1: Right. I think the Taiwanese government has made moves to uh, prepare its citizens, including uh, increasing the draft uh, amount for its uh, people. But then at the same time, again, it's a democratic system. So all of its uh, incentives and needs must come from the the will of the people. And so I think the number one thing is to ensure that the Taiwanese has enough support from other countries like the U.S. and nearby allies, as well as at the same time, I think Taiwan needs to realize that uh, it is shifting in the public opinion. More people want to uh, be uh, not in the unified, but to be maintaining the status quo or to be independent. So I think there is a shift there, but more concrete actions are needed, definitely in Taiwan.
0: Now, we launched the show with news that Wang Yi has headed to Russia for high powered talks with Russia's uh, Russian officials, including Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister there as well. Um, We keep seeing this backwards and forwards between Russian leaders and Chinese leaders and the two ICs. And in Russia, of course, uh, uh, Sergei Lavrov is one of the longest serving members of the administration, longest surviving members, you might say, of the administration as well. And the man that many point to as being behind the war in Ukraine as well. Uh, What sorts of conversations would you imagine Wang Yi is having with Sergei Lavrov right now?
1: As much as I want Wang Yi to tell Russia to back off, I don't think they will or they are going to give that talk. It's more going to be about how to set up for the uh, incoming Putin visit to China, about how to sort of uh, drive the further increasing distractions that Russia can provide in Europe, uh, in the Ukraine war, so that China can again use that as a leverage against the Europeans. And at the same time, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion on how China can further support Russia. And uh, again, with the upcoming Putin visit to China for potentially the Belt and Road Summit, uh, this is definitely an increase in the security partnership between Russia and China. I I don't see that this is a a decrease or a potential change of diplomatic direction for China, particularly with Wang Yi, uh, who is very much seen as a pro-Russia uh, inside the Communist Party member, so that's that's really where it's going.
0: But Wang Yi is in a position where, of course, China really needs the West back to help it get out of its terrible financial situation. You and I have been speaking about uh, heading towards Russia and drawing closer times with Russia. They're in more trouble than China right now. Wouldn't you surely if you're Wang Yi trying to build relations with the countries that spend in your nation as opposed to Russia that wants one thing, which is support for its ongoing war in Ukraine and probably weapons or drones or missiles or whatever it can get?
1: Right, that's the odd thing about the CCP, which is that uh, Xi Jinping—he's he, really only worried about his own political security and being the leader in this alternative, or so I should say, the challenging uh, faction of the world. Right, with Russia and North Korea, it, it, he's not really accounting the economy and domestic troubles as the number one priority. Despite a rational leader would probably see that as the most important, and so based on this type of thinking, you see that the CCP's focus is really much—it's very much on how to get the most out of its partners like Russia, uh, maintaining political control. So that's not the time to abandon them and to go hug with the West again, which uh, if you see right now, China seems to be doing a lot of rejection of Western ideology and culture in China, including the uh, crushing apple and so on. So I I think there's definitely a focus to be with those of his uh, so-called allies.
0: And not to mention Wang Yi can travel, but President Xi seems to be very much stuck in Mm -hmm. Beijing right now.
1: Exactly. I really have low hopes He's that he's going to the APEC summit later this year. So we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> as of now, she is very much focused on keeping his country under his control.
0: All right. David Zhang in New York from China Insight. Always appreciate your time here on Ticket News. Thank you.